actually when you have failures your mind is more stimulated than with success you know with success you know this works and that's where your brain stops whereas failure stimulates you to think of 100 different other ways and it is these stimulations that makes our gray matter grow Welcome to Factorily Outliers. It's a podcast uh, with outliers. And I'm so excited and happy to have traveled all the way from Bangalore to Leh uh, to meet uh, someone I have watched uh, and heard a lot about, uh, Sonam Wangchuk. I will let him describe himself. And uh, you know, the first time I, I, I really heard about you, Sonam, was uh, when I was in Jalgaon and I was meeting the Jain Irrigation team. And they talked about you and what you were trying to do with ice stupas. And, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't get much. <laughs> so what it is and how does it work? And uh, then uh, Rohini Nilikani mentioned about you. And that got me really excited when she discussed in detail. And I've been chasing you since then. <laughs> so this is clearly one of the longest chase. And one of the farthest I have come <laughs> to meet someone. But... I'm excited uh, to look around and see what you have built, what you're doing. So just to start with uh, Sonam and to get our listeners to understand uh, better uh, who you are and what you do. First of all, uh, welcome, a warm welcome after your hard journey up the Himalayas. <clears throat> and... Uh, Yes, uh, you mentioned about the ice stupa and Jain irrigations and Rohini. They have been people who have been supporting us with this. So uh, I warmly uh, think of them when you mention. I would say I'm uh, basically, I like to describe myself as a teacher. Uh, I like teaching very much and teaching while engaging young people to find real life solutions to the problems, you know. Mm -hmm. Education is meaningless if it is just for the ritual of education, to pass some exams and to get some degree. When you use it to solve problems and make people's lives comfortable, then there's a purpose for education. So therefore, my journey has been of uh, finding solutions and to do that, engaging young people and therefore, it is both innovation and education. Yeah? So it could range from examples like high up in these mountains where you have come and you must have realized firsthand that it can be very cold even in June. So you can only imagine what it would be in January. <laughs> I'm <yeah>? shivering now. <laughs> exactly. So what I want uh, is that people... Uh, do not leave Ladakh because it's cold. Yeah, I didn't and I don't want young Ladakhis to do that. Instead, use all the education, the sciences, the mathematics, the geometry you study in school for 10 to 15, 16 years to make lives comfortable, to make people happy people. Yeah? So that's what we basically do here. For example, talking about the cold climate, in January, it can be minus 20. Mm -hmm. But in this room where you are, the building is built in such a way using high school science, <laughs> along with students designed and built 
so that this room remains at plus 12 to plus 15 when it is minus 15 to minus 20 outside. That's how much science can be of use if you used it. If not, it will only torture you in some exams and the ritual is done. Yeah? So anytime I go to Delhi, let me say in other words, anytime I go to Delhi in January, I feel cold. I miss my buildings in Ladakh. Because in Delhi you have like 7 degrees, 5 degrees outside and hardly any different inside. Yeah? Whereas here, outside it may be minus 15, but inside it is plus 15, which is much higher than Delhi's plus 7 or plus 10. So using science, you can make Ladakh much warmer than more comfortable than even Delhi. Mm. So that's the value of application of science in real life. Right. So I, I, I could feel it when we walked into the room mm -hmm. and, and even uh, downstairs, clearly. So I'll come back to you to understand uh, the real science that you're talking about, Sonam. But, you know, just to go back a little and understand where do you come from and why do you do the things that you do? You know, I mean, um, you, you seem to be quite a bright mind. <laughs> uh, why did you pick this cause and where do you really come from uh, what are the inspirations for you what's been the early life for you and uh, did you get inspired to do what you're doing now because of your early life i'm just trying to understand and sketch it uh, uh, to get a sense of uh, what are your inspirations really to do this so I studied engineering because I loved some of the things that were that I found in my 11th class uh, science textbooks to be precise it was about light and lenses mirrors yeah so I took engineering for that reason then I saw that uh, education was a bigger mess hmm? when I had to teach uh, children to earn my expenses for engineering I came across the fate of children in the schools and I thought uh, rather than adding another engineer to the crowd the system needs to be reformed the education system so I started working with mm, government schools to improve their performance to make them owned by the people and uh, you know l children loved by the teachers and taught in engaging friendly ways that's how we started, how I started after finishing my engineering. I put it on a back burner for a while. But then at some point I saw we had, you know, trained all the teachers. Textbooks were redone to make sense to mountains because they made no sense when it came from Kashmir or mm -hmm. Delhi. So we did that. We trained all the leadership to take ownership of uh, schools in villages. Yeah. Having done all those things, a um, lot of things changed. Hmm? Performances changed, school results changed. But then at a the point we saw that it's not only about textbooks and teachers. The buildings also are a very important contributor. For example, in a classroom that is at minus 5 degrees, you can't expect people's hands to even work yeah even if you knew all that you want to write your fingers don't bend and your mind doesn't perform there are studies that say optimum mental performance comes 
between 18 degrees and 22 degrees or so yeah okay and now minus 5 is your classroom so it's also about thermal comfort in buildings so there i started using my engineering again and so we designed and built this solar campus where all the buildings would be as good as in summer even in winter and then the technological part journey began again yeah, which was for a while on back burner so then i started engaging the same students young people to co-innovate solutions for such problems so to your question why i do these things i think that's only natural when you have a problem you try and solve it you don't run away yeah People ask me, how come you have stayed back in Ladakh, you have not moved? I think this is more natural. Don't ask a person who does a normal natural thing why he does it. Ask those who are not doing it. Ask those who are leaving Ladakh or leaving India to go to some US or some other country. I find that abnormal. Abnormals should be questioned, not the normal natural thing. You stay and you solve your problems. Uh, for the next generation at least and they should solve the problems for the next after them rather than run away from problems and take asylum in US or UK that's unnatural not this I think one of the key things that you also mentioned is about you know engineering is about problem solving mm -hmm. uh, a generation I mean generations of engineers in India who joined large services companies to code somewhere they lost that a mission of engineering, right? Mm -hmm. Because what you are saying is sounds engineering to me. Mm -hmm. uh, the old world classic engineering. There's a problem. Yeah. You solve. <laughs> At its best, engineering is about solving any problems that you see people facing. Yeah. Yeah. At its worst, we become mercenaries for some other people somewhere on the globe, and we get hired. Yeah. That's okay, but that's not the best form of engineering. So. Uh, Tell me a bit about uh, some of the life lessons uh, on this journey. Like, what have been the top learnings for you in terms of the challenges you faced, in terms of the problems you tackled? What are some few key learnings for you? I think uh, some of things that I mm, decided and feel very happy about is like taking problems head on, yeah? bull by the horn. Yeah? So I used to say, when I had no experience, I hadn't even done, I'm going to make it a point that I spend the winters in Ladakh, I would say. Apart from people who may leave Ladakh and go elsewhere, there are many Ladakhis who leave Ladakh in winters. Understandably so, it's very cold, it, the roads are closed, there's hardly any you know, fresh greens to eat, so food shortages, cold temperatures, people find it cheaper to go to Goa or somewhere. So in, amidst that, I would say I'm going to make it a point to spend my winters in Ladakh. I may not spend summers, but I'll spend my winters because if I don't spend my winters, I won't know the problem. If I don't know the problem firsthand, I won't be motivated, motivated to find solutions. Yeah. So first thing I'm going to do, I don't know the problems, I don't know the solutions, but I'm going to spend the toughest time in Ladakh every year. And I think that was such a good decision because spending time, you firsthand feel through your bones how difficult it can be for people. 
so that moved me into uh, you know using science to improve not something that we get from uh, us or uk again but from our ancestors so our ancestors used to build with mud or earth since a thousand years or more i started applying science to make what they did even better mm-hmm. you know, rather than throwing it away for cement concrete and things because some europe some america told us this is better i see forts and fortresses palaces standing there exposed to elements for 800 years 1000 years so what's wrong with that why should we just uh, drop something because somebody tells us that this is backward primitive yeah. so if it is then why not use your sciences to bring it um, back to life again so then i started using earth mud as a modern material which can be safe comfortable and then add to that the passive solar energy science which our ancestors didn't have so our duty is to add what they didn't have rather than throw the baby with the bath water yeah mm-hmm. so that's what i what i started doing <coughs> using science to add um, solar um, energy science mm-hmm. and then you could create these buildings that would be warm in winter <coughs> and cool in summer so that's how i see uh, use of uh, engineering technology to solve your immediate problems and make lives more comfortable no very very insightful sona the uh, you know other thing you mentioned is why question someone who is doing natural things mm-hmm. question someone who is abnormal uh, but from the outside what you are trying to do is clearly i mean not mainstream and pardon me for my mm-hmm. you know if mm-hmm. if i'm being wrong in in saying that uh, but what i really mean is like the way you are tackling education is not how they do it in mainstream mm-hmm. schools right so in that sense mm-hmm. you are not following the mainstream crowd mm-hmm. now when you are doing something like this which is against something which is playing in the mainstream uh how what is your sense of conviction and it's one thing for you to be convinced mm. but it's other thing to convince people you know who who adopt your idea of mm. this and put leap of faith in you so i don't know if i'm explaining this question but but what, how do you do that <clears throat> okay one part is that when things are applied to us different place it has to be adapted you can't transplant a solution from london to new delhi new delhi to srinagar srinagar to ladakh these are very different places and solutions have to be different because problems are different but unfortunately what we found was in ladakh was applied transplanted something that didn't even work in srinagar where it was something that didn't even work in delhi and delhi had got something that didn't even work well in london so a copy of a copy of a copy was what was given to ladakh in the name of education system yeah so of course things have to change it's it's uh, stupid not to question such uh, you know things that don't make sense so uh, f- for the f- for the first part we started bringing reforms in the normal schools government schools to some extent that is easy and possible where it is glaring differences now 
other things that are more radical, <clears throat> like uh, learning things by doing, applying. Yeah? Often, uh, normal systems like that of the government are not ready for that yeah? because they have many constraints of time and other guidelines and so on. That we started applying on students who were failing the system. Okay? They are failing the system and therefore they need to be helped. Okay? Actually, they are not failing. The system is failing them. There is nothing wrong with them, but the system is such that they are rejected by it. So we started applying other uh, principles or experiments in education while trying to, uh, I would say, rebuild broken products from the system. And it, call it uh, design, call it serendipity, that people who have failed in a system are ready to try anything. Yeah, they don't have much choice because they are rejected by a system. So it has always been convenient for us to, you know, to use our radical uh, experiments on people who have been dropped and are ready to do anything to rise again. So therefore, uh, we have been like lucky in a way to be able to try our uh, new concepts in this school where it is not for the top scorers who would be very finicky about what they want, what they don't, but we do it together with those who are rejected by the system and they are ready for something new and we are ready for something new to experiment. So it works fine. What have been your ex how long have you been doing this and what has been your experience in, in doing this? Well, with the dropout or 10th grade failures, we've been working for some 20 years now. Wow. And uh, we've been trying to teach them, help them learn the way they learn if they don't learn the way they were taught. Yeah? So change something. So make it more experiential. If you don't have a theoretical mind to grasp lectures, then you have a normal mind that can grasp uh, more with the six sense, uh, five sense organs if it is not just a classroom thing that doesn't even use all our sense organs. So doing things, experiencing, managing the school campus itself, that's how this school is run. So classes are not just in classrooms, but it is around them being here. They run this school. They <clears throat> run it like a little country. They have an elected government for every two months and then they get, you know, an elected leader who gives them rules, responsibilities. That's what they, that, what, that's what is, what prepares them for life because this is what they'll see. All that life, the, the challenges that life will pose are not there in the textbooks, but running a system, the school itself, they get to see, you know, problems of many, many different kinds than what you have in your syllabus. This is what prepares for your you for life and those chapters may help in that uh, that you find in the textbooks so what has come out is many of these so-called failures have become stars yeah they have become star filmmakers they have become star um, leaders um, administrators uh, businessmen and so on often way uh, bigger than uh, those who didn't fail yeah? Wow. Yes, so that's... Uh, hmm. So, 
<clears throat> on a more final note, just a couple of questions more. Failure, uh, I mean, of course, you are known, I mean, you are famous for ice stupas and, of course, Sekamol, where we are sitting today and all. Have there been failures in your life and career? And how did you cope with them? What are the key lessons in failing for you personally? Yeah. Educationally, in school, I um, didn't exactly fail, but was always very close to failure uh, at various points of time. And that grounds you. Yeah? In experiments, in projects, yeah, half the time you fail. You don't, things don't work the way you thought. But that's a part of it. That's a part of the learning process. You learn what doesn't work and what uh, may work. And you start with experimenting, you know, r ruling out what doesn't work, excluding things. So it's a process and uh, the rates are different. So if you take a, a scientific experimental project like Aistupas, exploring something never done in the world, then the failure rates are very high. We, we work on designs um, like 9 out of 10 don't work and 1 works. These are small experiments of freezing water in different ways, but that's expected. That's not taken as something like a big surprise or so. In projects, the failure rate is lower because you look at what are the possibilities, study them and uh, make them work. But when it is, yeah, how to warm a building, you may try uh, five things and one may work. So different type of projects have different rates of failures, mm -hmm. but uh, failures are there for sure. And they are not to be taken as uh, as something regressive, but as a stepping stone, as an as an addition to your experience, experiments and experiences. And actually, when you have failures, your mind is more stimulated than with success. You know, with success, you know this works, and that's where your brain stops. Whereas failure stimulates you to think of hundred different other ways, and it is these stimulations that makes our gray matter grow. Yeah. So it's very important to have. You, you, you put me in a spot. Mm. I don't know whether to wish you more failures or more yeah, success. Yeah, exactly. So I, I often say I wish you a life full of problems because that's when you grow. <laughs> uh, just before we sign off, uh, so many awards <laughs> of late, you know. Uh, what does... Uh, accolades mean to you what does what do awards mean to you and a follow-up question is if we are sitting uh, 10 years down the line in this very room I hope this is this doesn't fail what would you have what would you like to have achieved by them so when we were working on these artificial glaciers and they became an indigenous solution to a local problem mm -hmm. a local mountain people's mm. problem of water shortage. Mm. Similarly, we had earlier worked at our school mm. on making solar heated mud buildings yeah, mm. that stay at plus 15 when it is minus 20, that stay warmer than houses in Delhi here in Ladakh in winter with no fossil fuels burned. So we thought such solutions should not be for few people in a corner, you know, by a freak of uh, chance doing. Yeah? It should be for all young people to engage 
in in their education to find pro- uh, solutions to real life problems in the locality so we thought of uh, institutionalizing such innovations yeah? also inspired by uh, our experience at the Sekmol alternative school yes. so we thought of scaling it up to make an alternative university which engages young people in finding solutions to people's problems rather than just memorizing books and yes. listening yes. to lectures and writing paper exams paper degrees should be something practical engaging real life so therefore we thought now why just ice stupa why not make a university using the ice stupa method and greening a desert and establishing a university would be a beautiful story of indigenous innovation yes. to solve problems and help future generations yes. also solve their problems yes. a university is a nursery yes. where people of different generations will study and apply to make life comfortable and people happy so that's the idea of this uh, university that we are building it will be different from others uh, firstly that it will address mountain issues yeah? sure. we are in a mountain range yes. where the climate and everything is so different from the plains so our solutions to our problems we cannot expect from new delhi or new york True. we'll have to innovate we'll have to find solutions so this will be an international mountain university mm-hmm. where students will come from different mountains of the world mm-hmm. and engage in finding solutions learning and half of their study or more than half will be application it will not it will be yeah. little listening little thinking sure. a lot of doing yes. yeah yes. that's when you learn really and then we hope these young people will go back to their own places whether it is nepal tibet arunachal uh, sikkim mm-hmm. bhutan mm-hmm. afghanistan mm-hmm. and implement such solutions for their regions right now the problem is that mountain youth rather than solving mountain problems are emigrating yeah, to big part. cities and then you are leaving the mountains worse off so we'll be empowering and enabling them to go back and face the challenges whether it is climate change or economic uh, or tourism and make the best of it so that is what we hope to do with this university and then we think that uh, while solving mountain issues it will also have impact on other universities yes. worldwide in finding their own contextual solutions you know could be uh, people around the oceans have contextual uh, education and, and uh, how are you like uh, acquiring land for this university how are you funding this whole yeah. project so the whole world has been very overwhelmingly supportive like they say if you are determined then the universe conspires <laughs> to help you sure. uh, realize it so with land the hill council government and the village and mon- monastery of phyang have been very generous to give us uh, give this university some 200 acres of land wow. and the monastery and the high uh, rinpoche the abbot of the monastery have been very involved and they are partners in this yeah. because they see a green vision for the village so it becomes an example and uh, then you know we started uh, funding this university the seed for it was this rolex award yeah. the money from that and then together with which uh, with that we launched a crowdfunding campaign mm. so that 
anybody could contribute whatever amount to this. You know, once the Rolex award of roughly a crore rupees were contributed, people with their 500, 5,000, 5 lakh. So this might be the world's first university which is crowdfunded, yeah? Yeah, um, Likewise, sure. then corporates, companies have been very generous. Like you were seeing these pipelines. Yes. This was donated by Jan Irrigation, oh, yeah. which is one of the biggest companies in the world yes. in this field, ag agriculture. Yes. Uh, so they helped us with the pipelines. Indian Air Force helped us with airlifting these pipes in winter. Mm -hmm. So everybody has been very, very helpful. And that's how it should be. We are at a stage where the world is facing problems because of climate change. And these mountains with the glaciers gone will be one of the first victims, along with people by the ocean. Yeah. And it's none of our fault, you know. We are paying for something we didn't even do. Yeah. And of course it uh, is uh, expected that the world helps these regions f to solve the impacts of the problems that they created. Yeah. So it's, it would be only surprising if they didn't come to help. <laughs> uh, just finally, uh, this crowdfunding uh, program, if someone wants to participate or donate, I mean, how can they do that? So have a we have them. a live uh, crowdfunding uh, platform on Milap. On Milap, yeah. uh, and Milap has been so generous as to waive off all platform fees for this particular project. Mm -hmm. Normally, crowdfunding platforms charge seven to nine percent, and seeing the significance of this project, they have waived all no, such charges. Similarly, everybody has been yes, as I said. So anybody can log on to uh, Milap and look for Ladakh or uh, Ice Stupas mm -hmm. uh, or the University mm -hmm. Himalayan Institute of Alternatives. Ladakh, mm -hmm. and then you can contribute uh, together with all of us. <laughs> Awards are a recognition of what uh, you have done. So to know that people mm, appreciate the impact is good. But to be more than that, to, for it to go into your head and become complacent and all that is childish. That's very immature. Yeah? They don't mean anything for me. Actually, uh, some of these awards were even designed for a bigger purpose of our uh, goal. For example, we saw that, okay, ice stupas are an answer to mountain people's water issues. But these should not be a, you know, freak uh, incident here or there where a person is doing. These should be a part of young people's education. Yeah? That's when we thought... Okay, there needs to be an alternative university which engages all young people in solutions like this. So, university system needs to change and it needs to be more practical, more engaging. Now, how do we open an alternative university? It needs lots of resources, lots of help. How do we reach out to lots of people to get support and to get human resource, financial resource? So, we said, okay, a good fast way of reaching out to people for help is a, a well-known, renowned award. So we applied for this Rolex award on those grounds. Okay, we, it was a secondary thing, the award. The goal was to scale up uh, into a university, what was a school. So we applied and luckily we got. Now the publicity around it took our message of this university 
together with the award the day it was announced we announced the university concept to the world so the award took the message of the university and the award came with some substantial money and we said we are contributing this money to this university you can also help so otherwise you're like beggars we have nothing please help here we could say we are contributing hundred thousand dollars we welcome you so that was a strategy to you know um, to to write and that's how i see they are as useful as you can make of them for the next uh, goal amazing the, the final question was uh, sonam if 10 years down the line we are oh, sitting and having yeah. a conversation what would you have liked to achieve mm, i would continue to wish to change the education system so what we call an alternative university that we uh, embark upon i would like that in 10 years it's no longer an alternative that it becomes the mainstream uh, higher education that it has uh, it's established in ladakh but it has ripple effects all over the world where universities that's are that that are today just chalk talk and paper you no know, paper degrees paper exams nothing but paper more power to you sanam it, it's amazing uh, conversation with you and i i wish you like you say uh, enough problems <laughs> thanks, thanks thanks but more importantly thanks. i think you faced a lion's share of your problems yeah. already on your journey uh, more success and uh, wish you achieve your dreams thank you thank so you much for talking thank, thank you thank you